All right, Rad Dadders, welcome back for episode 10 of season two. I'm Rob. What's up, and I'm Sal. Oh, nice to see you. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Rob. Hi, Sal. Uh, we have a special guest with us tonight, Austin from Dad and Wild Black. How you doing, Austin? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate so, you guys. So we're, we're all part of this Instagram father family. Is what, what <laughs> I feel like right? there's a bunch of us out there. So very exciting. But you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am uh, I'm 31 years old. <laughs> I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm married, so I have my wife, and we have one son who is two. He'll be three in October. Um, we are in the process of hoping for a girl next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that's where we are with that. And I think I think two is is, is a good number for us. Um, I have two. He has three. He has all girls. I have all boys. Okay, I, I agree. Two two is perfect. Yeah, I, I really just want like one of each. Give me one boy, one girl, and I'm okay. At, at some point in my life, I wanted four kids before I had kids, and now that I have a son, I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't, I don't know. I was I, something just wasn't right mentally because four is just a lot. <laughs> um, it, it works for who it works for, but I, I just, I just imagine in my head four, four kids going through terrible twos at different stages, and terrible twos is kicking my butt right now. So, <laughs> your son's two going on three. That's when we had our second. And it was almost perfect because they're just getting out of like diapers and all that. And then right. again, once you get cleared out of there, I don't think you really want to go back. Like I, I couldn't right. imagine going back once, once they're out. He had <laughs> one right after another. They're like a year apart. My girls are uh, nine, 10 and 11. Oh, wow. So my, first, <laughs> so yeah, my, no my, oldest, my oldest and my middle <laughs> 15 months apart. And then my middle and my youngest are 10 months apart. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just no yeah. bricks oh, at all. Getting work done. <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to start Dad and Wild Black? So two things. So the first thing, uh, there just wasn't a, a good space for, for Black dads, from what I saw, from my perspective of it, just how society views Black dads, uh, how they, how the assumption is made that Black dads aren't present, that they're not involved in their children's lives. And I came from a situation where my dad was in and out of my life. Um, so I wanted to build a community of... Um, and not just for Black dads, but just, just a community for fathers all together, for us to kind of be able to come together, you know, relate on certain things, talk about things, get advice on different things. For me, I didn't have a perfect example of a father growing up. So I didn't, like I had my uncles and my, my grandfathers, but my the one example that I should have had to kind of show me the ropes and show me everything to do, it just, it just wasn't there. Um, so he... We kind of were in and out with that. So I, I wanted to create a space for fathers like myself who didn't really have that example growing up. And then also just just all fathers, because we, we all go through things. Uh, we all need advice. And I will yeah, say yeah. that um, since coming into that space, it's, it's been super helpful. Um, just getting advice on things all the way from party training to tantrums to different things like that. Um, so I just wanted to shed light on, um, on, on Black fatherhood specifically at the time because it just society just shed a bad light on it. And that's why if you notice on my page, I do a lot of dad shout outs. So I'll, you know, pick a dad or two for that day and then I'll give them their flowers for the day. And I think that's super important as well, just to give dads their flowers. And that's and that's all dads across the board. Um, and that's that's kind of where it stemmed from, honestly. Yeah, that's amazing because sometimes uh, fathers don't get enough credit. And I don't want to take, you know, take it away from the moms, but because the moms do they do they do a lot. Um, right. 
But, you know, sometimes the, the dads don't get enough credit. And, and I agree. Uh, create a space where uh, new dads or, or, mm-hmm. or existing dads that are having trouble and they're looking for some advice on, on certain things. Uh, everybody, I, I say everybody experiences fatherhood differently. It's and, and right. parenting differently. You know, you, you can you can read a thousand books and a thousand books mm-hmm. will tell you to do something different. But it's all what works for that particular person. So right. it's like trial and error. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I found out my wife was pregnant, I ran to Barnes and Nobles and got like all the dad books. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need something to kind of just give me I, the main thing that I was really unprepared for was childbirth as a whole. Um, so that was a little scary for me. My wife had to get a C-section at the um, kind of like at the last minute type of deal. Uh, so that was a lot to deal with. But I had read so much about it. I was in my mind, I was prepared. So I thought until I was in the thick of it. And I'm just like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> this is what is happening? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? But um, we, we got through it. And um, but that I, I'll say that was probably my first glimpse of, OK, so this is what fatherhood feels like. And then from there, it just kind of picked up. And I, I was kind of in a space at some point while she was pregnant, just doubting myself doubting my ability to be a good dad um because i always say well i didn't have a good dad growing up so what if that trickles down onto me um knowing that i'm in full control of that decision um but just mentally it, it bothered me for a second and um once my son was here that, that just completely it's like something just clicked and it was just like okay changing diapers making bottles um and then like i mentioned my wife had a c-section so it wasn't much that she could do physically for a good six weeks um so i really had to step up and and, and be the the primary, uh, primary caregiver, if you will, taking care of her while she's recovering um, from down from having to give her like um, shots for like blood thinners so she wouldn't get blood clots. Um, also maintaining an infant and, uh, and also working on the weekend. So that was wow. a lot, but <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> did, did, during uh, the C-section, did you look as you were walking out? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, oh man, actually, a lot of credit. I actually recorded everything on my phone so I could watch it later because mentally wow. I probably I was seeing it but I wasn't like seeing it at that moment so yeah. I recorded and watched it back later um, when my son was a little older and um, just it was an interesting experience yeah. and I was in my mind I was all set for you know having a hold of leg while she pushed and, that, and that's what honestly what one thing I was excited about so I was kind of bummed that we had to do the C-section route but they um they ended up having to induce her two weeks early. And then she was in labor for 36 hours oh. before they decided to go through oh, wow. the C-section. Right. Um, so that, but I will say she handled it like a champ, uh, much better than I, than I anticipated. Um, being that it was new for both of us, that's a, that's a different type of pain from what I hear. I, I'll never know that, but yeah. <laughs> um, I could definitely see the pain, but she handled it very well, even, even the healing process. So um, that made it kind of easy to, she was able to kind of, to fight through it as well. That's awesome. When you started your Instagram or your, your social media platforms with that in Wild Black, what type of feedback did you get from close ones, relatives, or, or friends? So I've gotten more support from strangers, honestly, than I have from now. I mean, I, I have my circle of friends that's really supportive that, you know, like the, page, the posts and share the page and things like that. But um, I've really gotten a lot of support just entering into the, the, the IG dad realm um, and just connecting and networking with other dads um, and, and, and dads from all, all different types of backgrounds, um, all different types of races. And it's, it's just, it's funny to see 
um, just how different, different everybody parents their children, um, different advice that they give, things that they tell you to do and not to do. And my mother always said growing up, there's no book on parenthood. The genius that ran <laughs> to the store and brought all the parenthood books. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I will say it's, it's been super positive. I haven't gotten any like negative feedback. Um, I have a lot of moms that even reach out and say, you know, I love what you're doing. Um, how can we support? And I'm still trying to factor that in some kind of way because it's so dad yeah, awesome. I didn't really, um, and it was unintentional, but I didn't leave a lot of space for, for moms to, to give input. But what they will do is they'll definitely uh, submit pictures of their husbands or their children's fathers to be posted. So, which is pretty awesome. That's that is, awesome. Yeah, that is nice. That's awesome. You came up with this idea because you felt there wasn't a platform or there wasn't anybody doing it. But have you noticed that there's a lot more people doing it. Well, maybe now than when you started, like, it, I feel like it's exploded. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, um, so the original idea was birthed in my mind about, I want to say last summer, last summer. And I made a, uh, a post on Instagram and just like, you know, thinking about starting a, a podcast centered around black fatherhood and fatherhood as a whole. And just, just to kind of see who would be interested um, and I knew that I didn't want to host it by myself. I felt more comfortable hosting it with someone. And I have a uh, my friend, Justin. We actually went to high school together. But once we graduated, we kind of just went went out separate ways. Um, and then we kind of reconnected via Facebook. And then he commented. And that's kind of how we kind of took like a month or so to just kind of get reacclimated to learn each other and to see if we were a good fit together. And it, we literally just clicked. Um, so that, that, was, that was awesome. And that's kind of where it all started. And then just kind of trickling down, I say about a month ago, um, I decided to take it further than the podcast and actually create a brand behind it. Um, my my ultimate long-term goal is to have like a really big dad conference, um, just to kind of bring all dads from all different nationalities, all different walks of life, and just um, just to kind of create like a, a brotherhood, if you will. I um I will say that Instagram has been super helpful in in connecting me with other dads like myself and um, I've actually joined a group of dads called the Dad Influencers um, where we oh, awesome. we you know we support each other's content um, via Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and you know most social media platforms, which has been super helpful. And the other day, um, I was having like a total meltdown moment because my son was just he didn't want to use the potty. He was flipping out on me. And I'm just like, okay, I I knew I needed to vent in that moment um, just for my own sanity. And I just got in the, the dad influencer chat and just started typing. And it felt really good <laughs> um, just to kind of get it <laughs> off my chest um, and just to kind of redirect that energy uh, more positive. And um, they they were super, super understanding and super helpful, kind of gave me advice on what to try as far as getting him more acclimated with using the potty and um, just even going down at bedtime is a fight. So, <laughs> uh, which I, I think that's probably most kids, honestly. Um, but yeah, I say it's been um, super helpful, super, super positive, And I, I'm excited to see where I am a year or two from now. That's awesome. So you're, you're are you trying to, is he out of diapers? Is it, he is he not is? out of diapers just yet. So we've incorporated pull-ups during the day. Um, cause he'll, he'll say, he'll tell me if he has to pee. That's, that's not the problem. It's, it's the second half of that, that he doesn't want to do on the party. So, um, a method we use with all three of my girls, mm-hmm. and I don't know where my wife got it from is when, when they're at the age where, okay, now it's time to get out of diapers and we're, mm-hmm. we're going to go to the potty. No, just there. My girls wear onesies. So just mm-hmm. the top, just a shirt and you're going to be cleaning up for a little bit because mm-hmm. 
what we try to do was every half hour, you got to go to the bathroom. You got to go to the bathroom. You got to every half hour right. after, you know, and if they said, yes, take them right over to the potty, put them on the potty. And if, gotcha. they, if, if they didn't and they went where they were sitting, we'd let them sit in it for 30 seconds. And it, right. it was the uncomfortable feeling of sitting in their own urine or, or, or poo. And, and it finally clicked. Okay. Now right. this, I don't want to be sitting in my own stuff. Maybe, maybe mom and dad are right. I, I got, I should go to the potty. So that worked, that worked for us. Okay. And the funny thing is, so when my son, um, initially when we started, when we tried to start converting a little, cause I, I, I tried to start very early, which I know within some communities is frowned upon, but I just was, I'm like, I'm sick of buying diapers. I, he knows most of the time when he has to use the bathroom because he'll tell me or he'll say, uh Oh, I went to, you know, I went potty of course, in this, in this diaper. So, um, we, I did try that method, uh, one day <laughs> and it just, it just went left really fast and just probably me being impatient. I, I kind of gave up on it and said, I was going to try something different, but I definitely am open to trying it again. <laughs> uh, cause it, it was a, a situation where I, so I just took his diaper off. He's like, I'm like, you gotta go potty. He's like, no, I'm like, okay. So he had a little bit of juice. I'm like, okay, so we'll, we'll wait about 15, 20 minutes. Let that kick in and see what happens. I literally turned my head for two seconds and he was in the corner just going to work. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. <laughs> but um, but yeah, definitely. Um, and, and and also, even as an infant, he um he never cried when his diaper was wet. Like we literally had to check his diaper most of the time. Oh, wow. Um, so and I think that also plays a part in making it a little more difficult to potty train him because he he's apparently not uncomfortable with a full diaper. <laughs> um so but yeah he i'm like like yesterday i think it clicked a little bit because he pooped in his diaper he said oh I, I went to the bathroom i said okay it's okay and i said well for future reference where does it go he said it goes in the potty so he knows that it goes there um it's just a matter of, of connecting the two and then right. also trying to um stop him from playing with a certain toy or watching something on tv it's like it's like it's like he screams like you're torturing him. And I'm just like, I just want you to use the potty. It's going to take two seconds. You can get back to what you were doing. It, he just doesn't correlate that. But we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're it's getting there. it's difficult, man. I, I, I remember those days. I remember those days. How did um how did COVID affect you and your family? Whew. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a task. It still is a task. My son has not been in a store or really around other people since March of last year. Oh, wow. Uh, the only the downside to, to COVID for us is that we both work call center jobs. So we obviously came to work from home, but we're literally on the phone with customers all day. So we had no choice but to keep him in daycare, uh, which is super scary. But he goes to one thing I love. He goes to at home daycare. So he's not in like a big corporate facility. And there's only eight other kids there. And they've been super good at, um, you know, anybody, any, any kid over two wearing masks, um, and I just, it's, it's sad now because when we leave the house, he's like, daddy, don't forget your mask. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to worry about that at two years old. Yeah. Um, we personally, my household was not personally affected by COVID. I did have an uncle that did get COVID. Um, thankfully he recovered. Um, he's fully recovered now, which is, which is awesome. Just, um, just in, it was like right at the, when he got to the age, where we could take him out and start doing things with him, like outside activities and going different places. It was like, it halted right there. So he literally, I feel like, in a sense, he's kind of being robbed of his 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 terrible twos, if you will, because um, he can't really do much. Uh, and just just because he goes to daycare and he comes home, and that's literally it. 
We'll go visit my mom from time to time, but that's about it. He's getting that social aspect, though. He's 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 socializing right. with the kids at daycare, which is great. You know, you're right, still, right, right. he's still socializing and interacting with other kids. If he was home, you know, that'd be that'd be a different story. But yeah. at least he's getting some portion of it. Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's what I like about it. And I'm and he so he is over too, so he does wear a mask at daycare. I think they take him off to eat, and during nap time. And they haven't had any cases. They had a scare like very early on, but we had pulled him out for like, they gave us the option to pull him out for up to six weeks. So we took advantage of that. And I'm like, if I can limit at least, if he has to go, if I can at least limit the time that he is going, then I feel a little bit better about it. Um, but I will say it's, it's been nerve wracking. I'm, I'm more so worried about him than I am about me and my wife, honestly, just because he's little, you know, like, yeah, they claim that babies handle stuff like that better, but it's just, just uh, you wouldn't want that to happen to your kids. No, so. of course not. <laughs> what what types of challenges have you faced raising your son? It might be a little too early to answer that question. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. I did have an incident where um, I actually was approached by um, I was in the store with my son. This was uh, prior to COVID, of course, but I was approached by a older older woman in the store, and she was like. Uh, your little brother is so cute. I'm like, uh, it's my son, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> and she's like, oh, your son. She's like, oh, I, I, she kind of made the statement basically saying she wasn't used to seeing men in the store with their children, like without the mom around. But I'm the type of dad. Me and my son do everything together. So, um, so she kind of made a face like she didn't sure, believe me. She, you sure she wasn't hitting on you? <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It, it, it just was weird because I'm like, you know, is it is it that rare to see a father out just enjoying the day with his son that you just assume that that's his sibling or, right. and I get it, people make mistakes. I, I didn't take it to heart, but I just, just based on her tone and the way she was kind of looking and the way she kind of looked back at me as I walked away, it was kind of like, she was a little baffled at the fact that I was just out at the market yeah. <laughs> with my son. I'm like, this is no more activity for me. So, that's a, but that's I say that's the only real challenge I've faced so far. Good. So it sounds like you, you're you're handling pretty uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm giving it everything I got. Um, I, I just I really love being a dad, so it it came a little natural for me. Um, of course I have my days where I'm just I want to rip my hair out. Just you know sure the days that he doesn't want to listen, which isn't often. And, and again, I think that's the most parents in general, <laughs> especially during the stage where they're trying to learn their emotions. And that's where we are now. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to handle when you're upset. You don't have to hit. You don't have to yell. You know, we can talk about it the best that you can at two years old. But um, but we're getting there. And I, I think um, if any, if I had to say anything else was a challenge, it would be that just trying to teach him to manage his how to manage his emotions. Um, when he's upset about something, like it doesn't require a tantrum at all times. And I know that's crazy to tell a two-year-old, but um, it doesn't require a tantrum at all times. And just um, just listening and, and being respectful. So that's what kind of, and then we're working on manners right now too. He um he was ple- he was saying please and thank you very early on, but what we're teaching him now is like when me and my wife are talking, he'll he'll just barge right in, just cut through the conversation. So we're trying to work on it. Excuse me, and then waiting for somebody to give him the opportunity to speak so that's where we are with it right now that's great great. yeah it's important to it's it's important to make sure our kids can regulate their emotions i know my seven-year-old has problems with it so it's it's Mm -hmm. you know it's better to to deal with it at two than have to continually deal with it as they grow up 
because the most right. different conversation when they're seven and like, you know, I yeah. sit them down, I'm like, you can't just always cry about everything. You have to figure out how to handle your emotions. You right. know, it's, it's not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you know, there's, you know, you go into society and you grow up, you can't just sit down and start crying. Like it's, it's not right. going to work. It's, yeah. And there, unfortunately, it's some adults that are still learning that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really just trying to get a handle on it before the teenage years kick in, because I, I feel like after like 13, if you don't get it by then, you, you might be at a loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. And I, and I would say I was the same age, around the same age when I had my first, say you mm-hmm. are. So my uh, oldest is nine years old, turning 10 in a couple of weeks. So okay. I'm 40. So it was around the same time. And I felt you were talking about like, hey, you know, you were a little bit insecure or, or not confident in, in your fatherly abilities. And mm-hmm. I grew up with, with, my dad was in my life. My parents got divorced when I first got married. So that threw like right. everything I knew about fatherhood. Like you're like, mm-hmm. well, was it all a lie? Do I really know what's going right. on? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like puts, it's put self-doubt. So even as I was, you know, my wife was pregnant, I was having those doubts. And it's, you know, yeah, I think, you know, what you were saying about your situation definitely would, would be more prevalent. But I think a lot of people go through that because you don't mm-hmm. like, you can go to a job and be like, I'll figure it out. You can go to like, you know, you could go like meet new friends and be like, all right, I'll either, either I like them or I don't. And I'll figure that out too. Right. Now you have a human who you're responsible for. And that's a completely different deal. Like you're right. all in or you're not. And God forbid, like me and my wife got divorced. I'm still mm-hmm. all in. like, my kids are, I feel the same way. Like, Fatherhood is like the thing that I love. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why like Absolutely. similar things like you're talking about, hey, I want to inform people. That's why we started this up. We, we we think about it in a different way, whereas we want to do it with like entertainment and interviewing people like yourself and interviewing mm-hmm. everyone we can talk to to share the share what everyone's story, you know, get it out there, right. get people to know. So I love what you're doing. I really do. It's It's awesome. Thank and you. Look, thank you. Thank and you. And look, we've we've come to, to we've had multiple interviews with uh, many dads, and it's it's amazing how the difference in parenting. We had an interview uh, Wednesday with uh, with a dad, and we're talking about helicopter parent being a mm-hmm. helicopter parent, and he's like, "I'm the total opposite. You know, my kids are going to fall and get hurt and learn that what they're doing is hazardous. You know, you're, right. you're going to fall on your face and, and get 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 hurt before you you, you know." to know what pain feels like. So hopefully you, they won't do it again. Right. 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 Yeah. I am. Um, I got called a helicopter parent a lot when my son was first born more so because anytime somebody would hold him, I was right there. <laughs> I just, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. And it's just like, if they move wrong a certain way, if they look like they were about to drop him, I'm like, okay, give him back, give him back. <laughs> and I literally like, when we went to my grandmother's house for the, for the first time for a family for a holiday getting together as a family, I literally, I think I carried him around probably most of the time. I actually had one of the, the, uh, the book bag carriers that you can kind of slide him in. I just stuck him in there and we just, we just rocked out. And every so often, you know, somebody would come by and hold him and talk to him. But I, I was right there. I wasn't too far behind. And they, they, they teased me about that for a long time. <laughs> um, but it just, just for me, I just, that, that, that sense of needing to protect him, even though it was really nothing to protect him from because it's family, um, but just him being so small. And it was also a, a situation where my wife, so when my ethnic had a C-section, they thought that she had developed blood clots. So we had to go back to the hospital with a newborn. Um, oh, he was wow. only about three days old. 
And my mother was like, well, just leave him here with me. He'll be fine. And I took him over there. I took his coat off, his, you know, his little jacket, and I unloaded all his diapers. And then I sat there for a second. I went to leave, and I couldn't leave. <laughs> and I'm just like, Ugh. I'm like, I really don't want to take him back into a, a hospital as a newborn, especially going through the emergency room route. And next thing I know, I was packing those diapers back up, putting his coat back on. And I'm like, my, I'm just going to take him with me. I'll be back. And she told me actually not too long ago that it hurt her feelings because she said that <laughs> it, she assumed that I thought that she couldn't take care of him. Obviously, you took care of me for so long. So I know that you can do that. Just mentally in my mind, I couldn't leave him there. So and he was three days old. It was new to me. Now I just would have been extremely uncomfortable. So I ended up taking him back with me. And um, yeah, I've definitely, uh, but I, I'll say I allow him to make mistakes now. Um, you know, if, if if I can catch him from falling, obviously I'll catch him. But it's instances where he, he has to learn on his own because he has to also know that I'm not always going to be there to catch you when you fall. And that goes from actually falling. That goes from life, you know, when you're older and going through your trials and tribulations because we all go through them. And um, so I just want to make sure that I'm preparing him for that as well. And I know he's only two now, so it's not a huge deal to him. But I know just planting those seeds in him now will benefit him in the long run. And it goes it goes by so quick. Like I remember yeah. when my kids were two, but like now they're seven and nine and you're like, what happened? Like, you know, I, my older guy's <laughs> only in fourth grade, but you're like, holy crap. Like that's almost a decade now. Right. It's right. A decade. And it's, it's crazy. You, you do, you try to help them as much as possible. You try to be there for them, but then you also have to know you're not always going to be there for them. Right. And we've, and we've done something probably most people don't necessarily like do in our town. Um, we let my oldest, we got him one of those, those watches, um, gizmo, gizmo watches. And we said, you okay. can ride your bike wherever you want. Um, there's like, uh, we live in a really small town, but there's like made some major cross streets that we live in between. So like, you can't cross these two major cross streets and he'll just ride his right. bike around. And right. a lot of parents are like, what do, you, what do you mean you're letting your kid? I was like, he's nine years old. When I was nine years old, I was riding everywhere on my bike. Yeah. Absolutely. About anything. So he rides his mountain bike. He loves it. And I'm like, at least he's outside. He's not in front of like game. Right. Know, I want to almost a game boy, but like his Xbox <laughs> and uh, switch. So like get, getting, getting out and doing activity. Like is that's important to me because it's it, these kids, at least the ones that, that my son interacts with, they'd be on, on their uh, uh, Xboxes all day. If they could. Yeah. Xboxes, YouTube. And I'm just like, you got to yeah. get out and do something other than, and then we, because his, my son's doctor didn't want him watching TV at all, but uh, he had colic as an infant, and that was literally the only thing that would calm him down was Sesame Street. So we kind of were forced into <laughs> letting him watch TV. Yeah. Um. So now it's kind of hard to pull him away from it, but he'll play with other things. He likes to be outside. It's just due to COVID, we can't really be outside like he would want. Yeah. Um. I will. Say, we've gone on like a couple of just picnics, just me and my wife, just kind of like an open field of grass that we that we found. <laughs> Um, he, he runs, he tears through that. So as long as he can get out and, and interact that way, I'm okay. But I definitely don't want him to be a, a screen kid. Um, so when the time is for him, that way he can go outside. But I'll say just to kind of revert back to what you said, at nine years old, I was definitely out riding bikes with my friends from probably sun up to sundown. I was not a in the house kid most of the time. Yeah. Um, and if I was, I was probably in my room listening to music, of course, when I got older, but probably from like five up until 11 i was i was outside all the time <laughs> yeah it's true so do you do we cover all the questions uh, yeah for the most part yeah so do you want to 
plug anything other than your Instagram, you know, any, any like websites or any other platforms that you're on? Um, yeah. So, uh, you can follow me on Instagram on my personal pages where I do most of my, um, my dad and influencer stuff is that it's at Mr. Mr. Wong with two G's and an underscore. And of course, um, Dad and Wild Black is just at Dad and Wild Black on Instagram. And Dad and Wild Black is also on Facebook as well. Um, not too big on Facebook, but it's there. <laughs> um, it, it definitely there. My, uh, the shout outs go there. They filter through Facebook as well. And then um, the podcast, which will be returning once um, my co-host and I get together, um, that'll be returning. And that's available. Episode one is actually available on all platforms right now. And then episode two will be coming soon. Nice. All right. Awesome. Well, it was uh, it was a pleasure uh, uh, meeting you and speaking with you. Absolutely. Um, keep doing what you're doing, and we're, we like network networking like this. Uh, absolutely, like absolutely. I definitely keep in touch. Absolutely, yeah, we'll definitely. do. Yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch. I have some um, some some projects that I can't really speak on at the moment, but they're coming up. I definitely would need a lot of dads for so. Um, I'll definitely I'll definitely be in touch as well. Yeah, definitely right. reach out. We'd love to. Yeah, we'd be okay. interested. All right. Perfect. Thanks a lot, man. Right, no problem. Thanks night. again, guys, right, for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Have a good night. All right. Have a good night. What a great episode with Alston from Dad and Wild Black. I will link his Instagram profiles in the liner notes. And now a word from our sponsor. Amster's Prospect Tavern in Waldwick is family-owned and operated since 1926. Amster's Prospect Tavern is truly a place where everyone knows your name. And not because it's run by the owner, Norm. Though, Norm's a pretty cool dude. They have a real family and hometown vibe with excellent pub grub, like their famous mozzarella bites, like I told Sal. They're homemade and not some shit you get from Restaurant Depot. Not frozen. Not frozen. Or their cheesesteak egg rolls, which Sal thoroughly enjoyed when we had them a couple weeks ago. If you're not in the mood for pub grub, you can try their excellent selection of upscale weekly specials offered Thursday through Saturday, like veal osoboco, slow-cooked short ribs, filet mignon, lobster tail. I even saw uh, baby back ribs tonight, and uh, I think it was scallops and shrimp over a fettuccine and a pesto sauce. Oh, wow. Yeah, if I wasn't craving the the adult grilled cheese, I may have gotten that. That But I will tell you, everyone out there, the adult grilled cheese is to die for. I do not like grilled cheese. I do not eat grilled cheese out, but I have now ordered it twice from Amsters. It is incredible. It's a salty, sweet, heavenly piece of food. Amazing. And a little tip from Amsters, try the onion rings. They're really good. They take pride in serving excellent food and making their customers feel at home when they're at Amsters. Give Amsters a call, get takeout, dine in, and tell them the Rad Dad sent you. All right, Rad Dads, welcome back. As promised, the bourbon review. Tonight, we are tasting Redemption Cask Series. This was recommended by Rich Latito, good friend of mine. Um, we had him on last year. We actually did have He was the financial uh, planner advisor uh, from Dynamic Wealth Consulting. He just got a plug. Look at that. So this is a uh, <laughs> Redemption Cask Series Straight rye whiskey finished in plantation Caribbean rum casks. Alcohol classification, straight rye whiskey. Um, distillery, Old Seagram's, which was established in 1874, which is now 
MGP Distillery. Really? Owned by the Deutsch family wine and spirits. Uh, proof is 94 proof, 47% alcohol by volume. And I read that it is aged a minimum of three months in the rum casks. Uh, filtration is unknown. Batch size is unknown. The mash bill, 95% rye, 5% malted barley. There are it, it, very strange because if you go on Redemption's website, they don't show this particular bottle, which is strange. So there's no awards that I can um, mention, but there are awards on their regular Redemption rye bourbons or, oh, sorry, rye, rye, yeah, rye whiskeys. Color. It's actually rather light. I'm going to say it's a um, medium gold, medium to dark gold, right? I don't know. No. It's it's dark amber. Dark amber? Dark amber. Rob says dark amber. Price point, thir- anywhere between $32 and $52. Depends on where you're at. If they're asking $52, it's, that's definitely on the higher side. Uh, nose and aroma, definitely first thing is, is a sweetness. You smell the sweetness of the, I'm guessing it's the, the rum casks casks uh cinnamon a little bit of rye spice tasting notes we always taste it neat slight burn cinnamon uh you get you get the rye rye spice in 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 the taste i don't i don't rob you get the the rum finish on it smell the rum i'll get the finish there's like a lingering something at the end could possibly be uh hints from the rum casks finish slight burn overall a bit complex with being that it's finished in the rum casks. Not terrible. It's um, easy to drink. Do you want to give your... Uh... For me, the nose and aroma is very, very sweet. Don't get the cinnamon. Tasting is... There's a slight burn. There's a sweetness to it. So maybe it is the rum. Yeah, a slight burn, a little bit of the rum. No cinnamon on the taste for me. The finish is, is a little bit of a slight burn. You said the price point was between 40 to 50? Uh, 32 to 52. 32 to 52. All right. So... I would say for me, the taste is all right. The aroma is unique because it's so sweet and you and you definitely smell the rum for that. So I would go almost go one and a half on the on the aroma, maybe even a two. And then for the taste, the taste it was kind of lacking to me. It wasn't like it was okay. It didn't wow my socks off. So I'm gonna go uh a three there, and then I'm gonna give it a, a two on price because I feel like it's a decent. It's not bad, but the price is good, so I'm gonna give it a five overall, five barrel. Wow! So this didn't uh, wow your socks off. Didn't wow. It's not a shelf pleaser. It's not a, yeah. It's not. It's not a shelf shelf stalker. <laughs> shelf pleaser. Shelf stalker. I think is, is the right word. So this, this didn't. This didn't knock his socks off. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I, I wasn't. I wasn't like holy shit. You know. I'm. I'm gonna. This is one I'm going to have on my shelf. Uh, don't get me wrong, Rich. It's a good bottle. It's enjoyable, but not something that I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to the store. This is what I'm buying. It's it's an easy sipper. I'll finish the bottle, but you know, not one that I'll go out of my way to buy. So I, I think I'm going to give it like uh, know, five, six barrel, I think. I'll give it a six barrel. Sal's coming in hot recently. Six barrel. That's 6.0. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tune into our next episode. If you like what you heard, share with someone you like or maybe dislike. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, iTunes, Podbeam, Google Cast, Pandora, YouTube, your sister's ass, 
and Spotify. Be sure to smash that subscribe and follow button too. If you have any questions or comments or want to give us some feedback, you can hit us up at the Rad Dad Show at gmail.com.